This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit www.librivox.org. Today's reading is by Chris Mitchell. The Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. Book Eleven A Song of Joys. Oh, to make the most jubilant song, full of music, full of manhood, womanhood, infancy, full of common employments, full of grain and trees. Oh, for the voices of animals, oh, for the swiftness and balance of fishes, oh, for the dropping of raindrops in a song, oh, for the sunshine and motion of waves in a song. Oh, the joy of my spirit, it is uncaged, it darts like lightning. It is not enough to have this globe or a certain time. I will have thousands of globes and all time. Oh, the engineer's joys to go with the locomotive, to hear the hiss of steam, the merry shriek, the steam whistle, the laughing locomotive, to push with resistless way and speed off in the distance. Oh, the gleesome saunter over fields and hillsides, the leaves and flowers of the commonest weeds, the moist fresh stillness of the woods, the exquisite smell of the earth at daybreak and all through the forenoon. Oh, the horseman's and horsewoman's joys, the saddle, the gallop, the pressure upon the seat, the cool gurgling by the ears and hair. Oh, the fireman's joys, I hear the alarm at dead of night, I hear bells, shouts, I pass the crowd, I run, the sight of the flames maddens me with pleasure. Oh, the joy of the strong bronzed fighter, towering in the arena in perfect condition, conscious of power, thirsting to meet his opponent. Oh, the joy of that vast elemental sympathy which only the human soul is capable of generating and emitting in steady and limitless floods. Oh, the mother's joys, the watching, the endurance, the precious love, the anguish, the patiently yielded life. Oh, the joy of increase, growth, recuperation, the joy of soothing and pacifying, the joy of concord and harmony. Oh, to go back to the place where I was born, to hear the birds sing once more, to ramble about the house and barn and over the fields once more, and through the orchard and along the old lanes once more. Oh, to have been brought up on bays, lagoons, creeks, or along the coast, to continue and be employed there all my life, the briny and damp smell, the shore, 
the salt weeds exposed at low water, the work of fishermen, the work of the eel fisher and clam fisher. I come with my clam rake and spade, I come with my eel spear. Is the tide out? I join the group of clam diggers on the flats. I laugh and work with them, I joke at my work like a mettlesome young man. In winter I take my eel basket and eel spear and travel out on foot on the ice. I have a small axe to cut holes in the ice. Behold me well clothed, going gaily or returning in the afternoon, my brood of tough boys accompanying me. My brood of grown and part-grown boys, who love to be with no one else so well as they love to be with me, by day to work with me, and by night to sleep with me. Another time in warm weather out in a boat, to lift the lobster pots where they are sunk with heavy stones, I know the buoys. Oh, the sweetness of the fifth month morning upon the water as I row just before sunrise toward the buoys. I pull the wicker pots up slantingly. The dark green lobsters are desperate with their claws as I take them out. I insert wooden pegs in the joints of their pincers. I go to all the places one after another and then row back to the shore. There, in a huge kettle of boiling water, the lobsters shall be boiled till their color becomes scarlet. Another time mackerel-taking, voracious, mad for the hook, near the surface, they seem to fill the water for miles. Another time fishing for rockfish in Chesapeake Bay, I, one of the brown-faced crew. Another time trailing for bluefish off Pomonic. I stand with braced body, my left foot is on the gunwale, my right arm throws far out the coils of slender rope. In sight around me the quick veering and darting of fifty skiffs, my companions. O oh, boating on the rivers, the voyage down the St. Lawrence, the superb scenery, the steamers, the ships sailing, the thousand islands, the occasional timber raft and the raftsmen with long-reaching sweep oars, the little huts on the rafts, and the stream of smoke when they cook supper at evening. O oh, something pernicious and dread! something far away from a puny and pious life, something unproved, something in a trance, something escaped from the anchorage and driving free. Oh, to work in mines, or forging iron, foundry casting, the foundry itself, the rude high roof, the ample and shadowed space, the furnace, the hot liquid poured out and running. Oh, to resume the joys of the soldier, to feel the presence of a brave commanding officer, to feel his sympathy, to behold his calmness, to be warmed in the rays of his smile, 
to go to battle, to hear the bugles play and the drums beat, to hear the crash of artillery, to see the glittering of bayonets and musket barrels in the sun, to see men fall and die and not complain, to taste the savage taste of blood, to be so devilish, to gloat so over the wounds and deaths of the enemy. O oh, the whaleman's joys! O oh, I cruise my old cruise again! I feel the ship's motion under me, I feel the Atlantic breezes fanning me, I hear the cry again sent down from the masthead, there she blows, again I spring up the rigging to look with the rest, we descend wild with excitement, I leap in the lowered boat, we row toward our prey where he lies, we approach stealthy and silent, I see the mountainous mass, lethargic, basking, I see the harpooners standing up, I see the weapon dart from his vigorous arm, O oh, swift again far out in the ocean the wounded whale, settling, running to windward, tows me. Again I see him rise to breathe, we row close again, I see a lance driven through his side, pressed deep, turned in the wound, again we back off, I see him settle again, the life is leaving him fast. As he rises he spouts blood, I see him swim in circles narrower and narrower, swiftly cutting the water, I see him die. He gives one convulsive leap in the center of the circle, and then falls flat and still in the bloody foam. Oh, the manhood of me, my noblest joy of all, my children and grandchildren, my white hair and beard, my largeness, calmness, majesty, out of the long stretch of my life. O oh, ripened joy of womanhood, O oh, happiness at last, I am more than eighty years of age, I am the most venerable mother, how clear is my mind, how all people draw nigh to me. What attractions are these beyond any before, what bloom more than the bloom of youth, what beauty is this that descends upon me and rises out of me? O oh, the orator's joys! To inflate the chest, to roll the thunder of the voice out from the ribs and throat, to make the people rage, weep, hate, desire with yourself, to lead America, to quell America with a great tongue. O oh, the joy of my soul leaning poised on itself, receiving identity through materials and loving them, observing characters and absorbing them. My soul vibrated back to me from them, from sight, hearing, touch, reason, articulation, comparison, memory, and the like. The real life of my senses and flesh transcending my senses and flesh, my body done with materials, 
my sight done with my material eyes, proved to me this day beyond cavil that it is not my material eyes which finally see, nor my material body which finally loves, walks, laughs, shouts, embraces, procreates. Oh, the farmer's joys! Ohioans, Illinoisians, Wisconsinese, Canadians, Iowans, Kansians, Missourians, Oregonese's joys. To rise at peep of day and pass forth nimbly to work. To plough land in the fall for winter-sown crops. To plough land in the spring for maize. To train orchards, to graft the trees, to gather apples in the fall. Oh, to bathe in the swimming bath or in a good place along shore, to splash the water, to walk ankle-deep, or race naked along the shore. Oh, to realize space, the plenteousness of all, that there are no bounds, to emerge and be of the sky, of the sun and moon and flying clouds, as one with them. Oh, the joy of a manly selfhood, to be servile to none, to defer to none, not to any tyrant known or unknown, to walk with erect carriage, a step springy and elastic, to look with calm gaze or with a flashing eye, to speak with a full and sonorous voice out of a broad chest, to confront with your personality all the other personalities of the earth. Knowest thou the excellent joys of youth, joys of the dear companions and of the merry word and laughing face? Joy of the glad light-beaming day, joy of the wide-breathed games, joy of sweet music, joy of the lighted ballroom and the dancers, joy of the plenteous dinner, strong carouse and drinking? Yet, O oh, my soul supreme, knowest thou the joys of pensive thought, joys of the free and lonesome heart, the tender gloomy heart, joys of the solitary walk, the spirit bowed yet proud, the suffering and the struggle, the agonistic throes, the ecstasies, joys of the solemn musings day or night, joys of the thought of death, the great spheres, time, and space, prophetic joys of better, loftier love's ideals, the divine wife, the sweet, eternal, perfect comrade, joys all thine own, undying one, joys worthy thee, O soul. O while I live to be the ruler of life, not a slave, to meet life as a powerful conqueror, no fumes, no ennui, no more complaints or scornful criticisms, to these proud laws of the air, the water, and the ground, proving my interior soul impregnable, and nothing exterior shall ever take command of me. For not life's joys alone I sing, repeating, the joy of death, the beautiful touch of death, 
soothing and benumbing a few moments for reasons, myself discharging my excrementitious body to be burned or rendered to powder or buried, my real body doubtless left to me for other spheres, my voided body nothing more to me, returning to the purifications, further offices, eternal uses of the earth. Oh, to attract by more than attraction! How it is I know not, yet behold, the something which obeys none of the rest. It is offensive, never defensive, yet how magnetic it draws! Oh, to struggle against great odds, to meet enemies undaunted, to be entirely alone with them, to find how much one can stand! to look strife, torture, prison, popular odium, face to face, to mount the scaffold, to advance to the muzzles of guns with perfect nonchalance, to be indeed a god. Oh, to sail to sea in a ship, to leave this steady, unendurable land, to leave the tiresome sameness of the streets, the sidewalks, and the houses, to leave you, oh you, solid, motionless land, and entering a ship to sail and sail and sail. Oh, to have life henceforth a poem of new joys, to dance, clap hands, exult, shout, skip, leap, roll on, float on, to be a sailor of the world bound for all ports, a ship itself, See indeed these sails I spread to the sun and air, a swift and swelling ship full of rich words, full of joys. Here ends Book 11. Book 12. Song of the Broad Axe. 1. Weapon shapely, naked, wan, head from the mother's bowels drawn, wooded flesh and metal bone, limb only one and lip only one, gray-blue leaf by red heat grown, helve produced from a little seed sown, resting the grass amid and upon, to be leaned and to lean on. Strong shapes and attributes of strong shapes, masculine trades, sights, and sounds, long-varied train of an emblem, dabs of music, fingers of the organist skipping staccato over the keys of the great organ. 2. Welcome are all earth's lands, each for its kind. Welcome are lands of pine and oak, Welcome are lands of the lemon and fig. Welcome are lands of gold. Welcome are lands of wheat and maize. Welcome those of the grape. Welcome are lands of sugar and rice. Welcome the cotton lands. Welcome those of the white potato and sweet potato. Welcome are mountains, flats, sands, forests, prairies. Welcome the rich borders of rivers, tablelands, 
openings. Welcome the measureless grazing lands, welcome the teeming soil of orchards, flax, honey, hemp. Welcome just as much the other more hard-faced lands, lands rich as lands of gold or wheat and fruit lands, lands of mines, lands of the manly and rugged ores, lands of coal, copper, lead, tin, zinc, lands of iron, lands of the make of the axe. 3. The log at the woodpile, the axe supported by it. The sylvan hut, the vine over the doorway, the space cleared for a garden. The irregular tapping of rain down on the leaves after the storm is lulled. The wailing and moaning at intervals, the thought of the sea. The thought of ships struck in the storm and put on their beam ends, and the cutting away of masts. The sentiment of the huge timbers of old-fashioned houses and barns. The remembered print or narrative, the voyage at a venture of men, families, goods. The disembarkation, the founding of a new city the voyage of those who sought a new England and found it, the outset anywhere, the settlements of the Arkansas, Colorado, Ottawa, Willamette, the slow progress, the scant fare, the axe, rifle, saddlebags, the beauty of all adventurous and daring persons, the beauty of wood-boys and wood-men with their clear, untrimmed faces. The beauty of independence, departure, actions that rely on themselves. The American contempt for statutes and ceremonies. The boundless impatience of restraint. The loose drift of character, the inkling through random types, the solidification the butcher in the slaughterhouse, the hands aboard schooners and sloops, the raftsman, the pioneer, lumbermen in their winter camp, daybreak in the woods, stripes of snow on the limbs of trees, the occasional snapping, the glad, clear sound of one's own voice, the merry song, the natural life of the woods, the strong day's work. The blazing fire at night, the sweet taste of supper, the talk, the bed of hemlock boughs, and the bearskin. The house-builder at work in cities or anywhere, the preparatory jointing, squaring, sawing, mortising, the hoist-up of beams, the push of them in their places, laying them regular. Setting the studs by their tenons in the mortises, according as they were prepared. The blows of mallets and hammers, the attitudes of the men, their curved limbs. Bending, standing, astride the beams, driving in pins, holding on by posts and braces. The hooked arm over the plate, the other arm wielding the axe the floor men forcing the planks close to be nailed, 
their postures bringing their weapons downward on the bearers, the echoes resounding through the vacant building. The huge storehouse carried up in the city well under way. The six framing men, two in the middle and two at each end, carefully bearing on their shoulders a heavy stick for a crossbeam. The crowded line of masons with trowels in their right hands rapidly laying the long sidewall, two hundred feet from front to rear. The flexible rise and fall of backs, the continual click of the trowels striking the bricks. The bricks one after another each laid so workmanlike in its place, and set with a knock of the trowel handle. The piles of materials, the mortar on the mortar boards, and the steady replenishing by the hodmen. Spar makers in the spar yard, the swarming row of well-grown apprentices, the swing of their axes on the square-hued log shaping it toward the shape of a mast, the brisk short crackle of the steel driven slantingly into the pine, the butter-colored chips flying off in great flakes and slivers, the limber motion of brawny young arms and hips in easy costumes, the constructor of wharves, bridges, piers, bulkheads, floats, stays against the sea, the city firemen, the fire that suddenly bursts forth in the close-packed square, the arriving engines, the hoarse shouts, the nimble stepping and daring, the strong command through the fire trumpets, the falling in line, the rise and fall of the arms forcing the water, the slender, spasmic, blue-white jets, the bringing to bear of the hooks and ladders and their execution, the crash and cut away of connecting woodwork, or through floors if the fire smoulders under them, the crowd with their lit faces watching, the glare and dense shadows, the forger at his forge furnace and the user of iron after him, the maker of the axe, large and small, and the welder and temperer, the chooser breathing his breath on the cold steel and trying the edge with his thumb, the one who clean shapes the handle and sets it firmly in the socket, the shadowy processions of the portraits of the past users also, the primal, patient mechanics, the architects and engineers, the far-off Assyrian edifice and Misra edifice, the Roman lictors preceding the consuls, the antique European warrior with his axe in combat, the uplifted arm, the clatter of blows on the helmeted head, the death howl, the limpsy tumbling body, the rush of friend and foe thither, the siege of revolted lieges determined for liberty, the summons to surrender, the battering at castle gates, the truce and parley, the sack of an old city in its time, the bursting in of mercenaries and bigots tumultuously and disorderly, roar, flames, blood, drunkenness, madness, 
goods freely rifled from houses and temples, screams of women in the grip of brigands, craft and thievery of camp followers, men running, old persons despairing, the hell of war, the cruelties of creeds, the list of all executive deeds and words, just or unjust, the power of personality, just or unjust. 4. Muscle and pluck forever. What invigorates life invigorates death, and the dead advance as much as the living advance, and the future is no more uncertain than the present. For the roughness of the earth and of man encloses as much as the delicatesse of the earth and of man, and nothing endures but personal qualities. What do you think endures? What do you think a great city endures, or a teeming manufacturing state, or a prepared constitution, or the best-built steamships? or hotels of granite and iron, or any chef d'oeuvres of engineering, forts, armaments. Away! These are not to be cherished for themselves. They fill their hour, the dancers dance, the musicians play for them, the show passes, all does well enough, of course, all does very well till one flash of defiance. A great city is that which has the greatest men and women. If it be a few ragged huts, it is still the greatest city in the whole world. 5. The place where a great city stands is not the place of stretched wharves, docks, manufactures, deposits of produce merely, nor the place of ceaseless salutes of newcomers or the anchor-lifters of the departing, nor the place of the tallest and costliest buildings or shops selling goods from the rest of the earth, nor the place of the best libraries and schools, nor the place where money is plenteous, nor the place of the most numerous population. Where the city stands with the brawniest breed of orators and bards, where the city stands that is beloved by these and loves them in return and understands them, where no monuments exist to heroes but in the common words and deeds, where thrift is in its place and prudence is in its place where the men and women think lightly of the laws, where the slave ceases and the master of slaves ceases, where the populace rise at once against the never-ending audacity of elected persons, where fierce men and women pour forth as the sea to the whistle of death pours its sweeping and unripped waves where outside authority enters always after the precedence of inside authority, where the citizen is always the head and ideal, and president, mayor, governor, and what not are agents for pay, where children are taught to be laws to themselves and to depend on themselves, 
where equanimity is illustrated in affairs, where speculations on the soul are encouraged, where women walk in public processions in the streets the same as the men, where they enter the public assembly and take places the same as the men, where the city of the faithfulest friends stands, where the city of the cleanliness of the sexes stands, where the city of the healthiest fathers stands, where the city of the best-bodied mothers stands, there the great city stands. 6. How beggarly appear arguments before a defiant deed! How the floridness of the materials of cities shrivels before a man's or woman's look! All waits or goes by default till a strong being appears. A strong being is the proof of the race and of the ability of the universe. When he or she appears, materials are overawed. The dispute on the soul stops, the old customs and phrases are confronted, turned back, or laid away. What is your money making now? What can it do now? What is your respectability now? What are your theology, tuition, society, traditions, statute books now? Where are your jibes of being now? Where are your cavils about the soul now? 7. A sterile landscape covers the ore. There is as good as the best for all the forbidding appearance. There is the mine, there are the miners. The forge furnace is there, the melt is accomplished, the hammersmen are at hand with their tongs and hammers. What always served and always serves is at hand. Than this nothing has better served, it has served all. Served the fluent tongue and subtle-sensed Greek, and long ere the Greek. Served in building the buildings that last longer than any. Served the Hebrew, the Persian, the most ancient Hindustani. Served the mound-raiser on the Mississippi. Served those whose relics remain in Central America. Served albic temples in woods or on plains, with unhewn pillars and the druids. Served the artificial clefts, vast, high, silent, on the snow-covered hills of Scandinavia. Served those who time out of mind made on the granite walls rough sketches of the sun, moon, stars, ships, ocean waves, served the paths of the eruptions of the Goths, served the pastoral tribes and nomads, served the long-distant Celt, served the hardy pirates of the Baltic, served before any of those the venerable and harmless men of Ethiopia, served the making of helms for the galleys of pleasure and the making of those for war served all great works on land and all great works on the sea, for the medieval ages and before the medieval ages, 
served not the living only then as now, but served the dead. 8. I see the European headsman. He stands masked, clothed in red, with huge legs and strong naked arms, and leans on a ponderous axe. Whom have you slaughtered lately, European headsman? Whose is that blood upon you so wet and sticky? I see the clear sunsets of the martyrs. I see from the scaffolds the descending ghosts, ghosts of dead lords, uncrowned ladies, impeached ministers, rejected kings, rivals, traitors, poisoners, disgraced chieftains, and the rest. I see those who in any land have died for the good cause. The seed is spare, nevertheless the crop shall never run out. Mind you, O foreign kings, O priests, the crop shall never run out. I see the blood washed entirely away from the axe, both blade and helve are clean. They spurt no more the blood of European nobles, they clasp no more the necks of queens. I see the headsmen withdraw and become useless. I see the scaffold untrodden and mouldy. I see no longer any axe upon it. I see the mighty and friendly emblem of the power of my own race, the newest, largest race. 9. America, I do not vaunt my love for you. I have what I have. The axe leaps. The solid forest gives fluid utterances. They tumble forth, they rise and form. Hut, tent, landing, survey. Flail, plough, pick, crowbar, spade. Shingle, rail, prop, wainscot, lamb, lathe, panel, gable. Citadel, ceiling, saloon, academy, organ, exhibition house, library, cornice, trellis, pilaster, balcony, window, turret, porch, hoe, rake, pitchfork, pencil, wagon, staff, saw, jackplane, mallet, wedge, rounce, chair, tub, hoop, table, wicket, vein, sash, floor, workbox, chest, stringed instrument, boat, frame, and what not, capitals of states and capital of the nation of states, long stately rows in avenues, hospitals for orphans or for the poor or sick, Manhattan steamboats and clippers taking the measure of all seas. The shapes arise, shapes of the using of axes anyhow, and the users and all that neighbors them, cutters down of wood and haulers of it to the Penobscot or Kennebec, dwellers in cabins among the Californian mountains or by the little lakes or on the Columbia. 
dwellers south on the banks of the Gila or Rio Grande, friendly gatherings, the characters, and fun, dwellers along the St. Lawrence or north in Canada, or down by the Yellowstone, dwellers on coasts and off coasts, seal fishers, whalers, arctic seamen, breaking passages through the ice. The shapes arise, shapes of factories, arsenals, foundries, markets, shapes of the two-threaded tracks of railroads, shapes of the sleepers of bridges, vast frameworks, girders, arches, shapes of the fleets of barges, tows, lake and canal craft, river craft, shipyards and dry docks along the eastern and western seas, and in many a bay and by place, the live oak kelsons, the pine planks, the spars, the hackmatack roots for knees, the ships themselves on their ways, the tiers of scaffolds, the workmen busy outside and inside, the tools lying around, the great auger and little auger, the adze, bolt, line, square, gouge, and bead plane. 10. The shapes arise, the shape measured, sawed, jacked, joined, stained, the coffin shape for the dead to lie within in his shroud. The shape got out in posts, in the bedstead posts, in the posts of the bride's bed. The shape of the little trough, the shape of the rockers beneath, the shape of the babe's cradle. The shape of the floor planks, the floor planks for dancers' feet. The shape of the planks of the family home, the home of the friendly parents and children. The shape of the roof of the home of the happy young man and woman, the roof over the well-married young man and woman. The roof over the supper joyously cooked by the chaste wife and joyously eaten by the chaste husband content after his day's work. The shapes arise, the shape of the prisoner's place in the courtroom, and of him or her seated in the place, the shape of the liquor-bar leaned against by the young rum-drinker and the old rum-drinker, the shape of the shamed and angry stairs trod by sneaking footsteps, the shape of the sly settee, and the adulterous, unwholesome couple, the shape of the gambling board with its devilish winnings and losings, the shape of the stepladder for the convicted and sentenced murderer, the murderer with haggard face and pinioned arms, the sheriff at hand with his deputies, the silent and white-lipped crowd, the dangling of the rope. The shapes arise, shapes of doors giving many exits and entrances, the door passing the dissevered friend flushed and in haste, the door that admits good news and bad news, the door whence the son left home confident and puffed up, the door he entered again from a long and scandalous absence, diseased, broken down, without innocence, without means.
11. Her shape arises, she less guarded than ever, yet more guarded than ever. The gross and soiled she moves along do not make her gross and soiled. She knows the thoughts as she passes, nothing is concealed from her. She is none the less considerate or friendly therefore. She is the best beloved, it is without exception, she has no reason to fear, as she does not fear. Oaths, quarrels, hiccuped songs, smutty expressions are idle to her as she passes. She is silent, she is possessed of herself, they do not offend her, she receives them as the laws of nature receive them, she is strong. She too is a law of nature, there is no law stronger than she is. 12. The main shapes arise, shapes of democracy total, result of centuries. Shapes ever projecting other shapes, shapes of turbulent manly cities, shapes of the friends and home-givers of the whole earth, shapes bracing the earth and braced with the whole earth. Here ends Book Twelve. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information on how to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eric Armstrong. Please visit me on the web at voiceguy.blogspot.com. Leaves of Grass, Book 13. Song of the Exposition. 1. Ah, little Rex the laborer! How near his work is holding him to God, the loving laborer, through space and time. After all, not to create only, or found only, but to bring perhaps from afar what is already founded, to give it our own identity, average, limitless, free, to fill the gross, the torpid bulk, with vital religious fire, not to repel or destroy so much as accept, fuse, rehabilitate, to obey as well as command, to follow more than to lead. These also are the lessons of our new world. While how little the new after all, how much the old, old world. Long and long has the grass been growing. Long and long has the rain been falling. Long has the globe been rolling round. Come, muse, migrate from Greece and Ionia. Cross out, please, those immensely overpaid accounts, that matter of Troy and Achilles' wrath, and Aeneas's, Odysseus's wanderings. Placard removed and to let on the rocks of your snowy Parnassus. Repeat at Jerusalem, place the notice high on Jaffa's gate and on Mount Moriah. The same on the walls of your German, French, and Spanish castles and Italian collections, for know a better, fresher, busier sphere, a wide, untried domain awaits you, demands you. 3. 
responsive to our summons, or rather to her long-nursed inclination, joined with an irresistible, natural gravitation, she comes. I hear the rustling of her gown, I scent the odor of her breath's delicious fragrance, I mark her step divine, her curious eyes a-turning, rolling upon this very scene. The dame of dames, can I believe then, those ancient temples, sculptures classic, could none of them retain her? Nor shades of Virgil and Dante, nor myriad memories, poems, old associations, magnetize and hold on to her? But that she's left them all, and here? Yes, if you will allow me to say so, I, my friends, if you do not, can plainly see her, the same undying soul of earth's activities, beauties, heroism's expression, out from her evolutions hither come, ended the strata of her former themes, hidden and covered by today's foundation of today's, ended deceased through time her voice by Castile's fountain, silent the broken-lipped sphinx in Egypt, silent all those century-baffling tombs, ended for a the epics of Asia's, Europe's helmeted warriors, ended the primitive call of the muses, Calliope's call forever closed, Cleo, Melpomene, Thalia, dead, ended the stately rhythmus of Una and Oriana, ended the quest of the Holy Graal, Jerusalem, a handful of ashes blown by the wind, extinct, the crusaders' dreams of shadowy midnight troops sped with the sunrise, Amadis, Tancred, utterly gone, Charlemagne, Roland, Oliver, gone, Palmerin, ogre, departed, vanished the turrets that usk from its waters reflected, Arthur vanished with all his knights, Merlin and Lancelot, and Galahad, all gone, dissolved utterly, like an exhalation, past, past, for us, for ever past, that once so mighty world, now void, inanimate, phantom world, embroidered, dazzling, foreign world, with all its gorgeous legends, myths, its kings and castles proud, its priests and warlike lords and courtly dames, passed to its charnel vault, coffined with crown and armor on, blazoned with Shakespeare's purple page, and dirged by Tennyson's sweet sad rhyme. I say I see, my friends, if you do not, the illustrious emigre, having, it is true, in her day, although the same changed, journeyed considerable, making directly for this rendezvous, vigorously clearing a path for herself, striding through the confusion, by thud of machinery and shrill steam-whistle undismayed, bluffed not a bit by drain-pipe, gasometer, artificial fertilizers, smiling and pleased with palpable intent to stay. She's here, installed amid the kitchenware. But hold, don't I forget my manners? To introduce the stranger, what else indeed do I live to chant for? To thee, Columbia! In liberty's name, welcome, immortal! Clasp hands, and ever henceforth, sisters dear, be both. Fear not, O oh muse, truly new ways and days receive you, surround you. 
I candidly confess, a queer, queer race of novel fashion, and yet the same old human race, the same within, without, faces and hearts the same, feelings the same, yearnings the same, the same old love, beauty, and use the same. 5. We do not blame thee, elder world, nor really separate ourselves from thee. Would the son separate himself from the father? Looking back on thee, seeing thee to thy duties, grandeurs, through past ages bending, building, we build to ours today. Mightier than Egypt's tombs, fairer than Grisha's, Roma's temples, prouder than Milan's statued-spired cathedral, more picturesque than Rhenish castle-keeps, we plan, even now, to raise, beyond them all, thy great cathedral, sacred industry, no tomb, a keep for life, for practical invention. As in a waking vision, e'en while I chant, I see it rise, I scan and prophesy, outside and in, its manifold ensemble. Around a palace, loftier, fairer, ampler than any yet, Earth's modern wonder, history's seven outstripping, high rising tier on tier with glass and iron facades, gladdening the sun and sky, enhued in cheerfullest hues, bronze, lilac, robin's egg, marine and crimson, over whose golden roof shall flaunt beneath thy banner freedom the banners of the states and flags of every land, a brood of lofty, fair but lesser palaces shall cluster. Somewhere within their walls shall all that forwards perfect human life be started, tried, taught, advanced, visibly exhibited. Not only all the world of works, trade, products, but all the workmen of the world here to be represented. Here shall you trace in flowing operation, in every state of practical busy movement, the rills of civilization. Materials here, under your eye, shall change their shape as if by magic. The cotton shall be picked almost in the very field, shall be dried, cleaned, ginned, baled, spun into thread and cloth before you. You shall see hands at work at all the old processes and all the new ones. You shall see the various grains and how flour is made and then bread baked by the bakers. You shall see the crude ores of California and Nevada passing on and on till they become bullion. You shall watch how the printer sets type and learn what a composing stick is. You shall mark in amazement the hoe press whirling its cylinders, shedding the printed leaves steady and fast. The photograph, model, watch, pin, nail shall be created before you. In large calm halls, a stately museum shall teach you the infinite lessons of minerals. In another, woods, plants, vegetation shall be illustrated. In another, animals, animal life and development. One stately house shall be the music house. Others, for other arts, learning, the sciences, shall all be here. None shall be slighted, none, but shall here be honored, helped, exampled. 6. This, this and these, America, shall be your pyramids and obelisks, 
your Alexandrian pharaohs, gardens of Babylon, your temple at Olympia. The male and female many laboring not shall ever here confront the laboring many, with precious benefits to both, glory to all, to thee, America, and to thee, eternal muse. And here shall ye inhabit powerful matrons, in your vast state, vaster than all the old, echoed through long, long centuries to come, to sound of different, prouder songs, with stronger themes, practical, peaceful life, the people's life, the people themselves lifted, illumined, bathed in peace, elate, secure in peace. Chapter 7 Away with themes of war, away with war itself. Hence, for my shuddering sight, to never more return that show of blackened, mutilated corpses, that hell unpent and raid of blood, fit for wild tigers or for lop-tongued wolves, not reasoning men, and in its stead speed industry's campaigns, with thy undaunted armies engineering, thy penance labor, loosen to the breeze, thy bugles sounding loud and clear. Away with old romance, away with novels, plots, and plays of foreign courts, away with love verses sugared in rhyme, the intrigues, amours of idlers, fitted for only banquets of the night where dancers to late music slide, the unhealthy pleasures, extravagant dissipations of the few, with perfumes, heat, and wine beneath the dazzling chandeliers. To you, ye reverent sane sisters, I raise a voice for far superber themes for poets and for art, to exalt the present and the real, to teach the average man the glory of his daily walk and trade, to sing in songs how exercise and chemical life are never to be baffled, to manual work for each and all, to plow, hoe, dig, to plant and tend the tree, the berry, vegetables, flowers, for every man to see to it that he really do something, for every woman, too, to use the hammer and the saw, rip or cross-cut, to cultivate a turn for carpentering, plastering, painting, to work as tailor, tailoress, nurse, hostler, porter, to invent a little, something ingenious, to aid the washing, cooking, cleaning, to hold it no disgrace, to take a hand at them themselves. I say I bring thee, muse, to-day and here, all occupations, duties broad and close, toil, healthy toil and sweat, endless, without cessation, the old, old practical burdens, interests, joys, the family, parentage, childhood, husband and wife, the house comforts, the house itself and all its belongings, food and its preservation, chemistry applied to it, Whatever forms the average, strong, complete, sweet-blooded man or woman, the perfect longeve personality, and helps its present life to health and happiness, and shapes its soul for the eternal real life to come. With latest connections, works, the intertransportation of the world, steam power, the great express lines, gas, petroleum, these triumphs of our time, the Atlantic's delicate cable, the Pacific Railroad, the Suez Canal, the Mont Cenis and Gothard and Hoosick 
tunnels, the Brooklyn Bridge, this earth all spanned with iron rails, with lines of steamships threading in every sea, our own rondure, the current globe I bring. Chapter 8 And thou, America, thy offspring towering e'er so high, yet higher thee above all towering, with victory on thy left, and at thy right hand law. Thou, union, holding all, fusing, absorbing, tolerating all, thee, ever thee, I sing. Thou, also thou, a world, with all thy wide geographies, manifold, different, distant, rounded by thee in one, one common orbic language, one common indivisible destiny for all. And by the spells which ye vouchsafe to those your ministers in earnest, I here personify and call my themes, to make them pass before ye. Behold, America, and thou, ineffable guest and sister, for thee come trooping up thy waters and thy lands. Behold, thy fields and farms, thy far-off woods and mountains, as in procession coming. Behold, the sea itself, and on its limitless heaving breast the ships. See, where their white sails, bellying in the wind, speckle the green and blue. See, the steamers coming and going, steaming in or out of port. See, dusky and undulating, the long pennants of smoke. Behold, in Oregon, far in the north and west, or in Maine, far in the north and east, thy cheerful axemen, yielding all day their axes. Behold on the lakes, thy pilots at their wheels, thy oarsmen, how the ash writhes under those muscular arms. There by the furnace, and there by the anvil, behold thy sturdy blacksmiths, swinging their sledges, overhand so steady, overhand they turn and fall with joyous clank, like a tumult of laughter. Mark the spirit of invention everywhere, thy rapid patents, thy continual workshops, foundries, risen or rising. See from their chimneys how the tall flame-fires stream. Mark thy interminable farms, north, south, thy wealthy daughter-states, eastern and western, the varied products of Ohio, Pennsylvania, Missouri, Georgia, Texas, and the rest, thy limitless crops, grass, wheat, sugar, oil, corn, rice, hemp, hops, thy barns all filled, the endless freight train and the bulging storehouse, the grapes that ripen on the vines, the apples in thy orchards, thy incalculable lumber, beef, pork, potatoes, thy coal, thy gold and silver, the inexhaustible iron in thy mines. All thine, O sacred union, ships, farms, shops, barns, factories, mines, city and state, north, south, item and aggregate, we dedicate, dread mother, all to thee. Protectress absolute thou, bulwark of all, for well we know that while thou givest each and all, generous as God, without thee neither all nor each, nor land, home, nor ship, nor mine, nor any here this day secure, nor aught, 
nor any day secure. Chapter 9 And thou, the emblem waving over all, Delicate beauty, a word to thee, it may be salutary. Remember thou hast not always been, as here today, So comfortably and sovereigned. In other scenes than these have I observed thee, flag, Not quite so trim and whole, and freshly blooming in folds of stainless silk. But I have seen thee bunting to tatters torn upon thy splintered staff, Or clutched to some young color-bearer's breast with desperate hands, Savagely struggled for, for life or death, fought over long, Mid cannon's thunder-crash, and many a curse and groan and yell, And rifle-volleys cracking sharp, and moving masses as wild demons surging, And lives as nothing risked, for thy mere remnant grimed with dirt and smoke and sopped in blood, For sake of that my beauty, and that thou mightst dally is now secure up there, Many a good man have I seen go under. Now here and these and hence in peace, all thine, O flag, And here and hence for thee, O universal muse, and thou for them, And here and hence, O union, all the work and workmen thine, none separate from thee, henceforth one only, we and thou. For the blood of the children, what is it, only the blood maternal, and lives and works? What are they all at last except the roads to faith and death? While we rehearse our measureless wealth, it is for thee, dear mother, we own it all and several, today indissoluble in thee. Think not our chant, our show, merely for products gross or lucre. It is for thee, the soul in thee, electric, spiritual. Our farms, inventions, crops, we own in thee. Cities and states in thee, our freedom all in thee. Our very lives in thee. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information on how to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eric Armstrong. Visit me on the web at voiceguy.blogspot.com. Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman, Book 14 Song of the Redwood Tree Chapter 1 A California song, a prophecy, and indirection, A thought impalpable to breathe as air, A chorus of dryads fading, departing, Or hamadryads departing, a murmuring, fateful, giant voice, Out of the earth and sky, A voice of a mighty, dying tree In the redwood forest dense. Farewell, my brethren, Farewell, O earth and sky, Farewell, ye neighboring waters, My time has ended, My term has come. Along the northern coast, 
just back from the rock-bound shore and the caves, in the saline air from the sea in the Mendocino country, with the surge for bass and accompaniment low and hoarse, with crackling blows of axes sounding musically, driven by strong arms, riven deep by the sharp tongues of the axes, there in the redwood forest dense, I heard the mighty tree its death chant chanting. The choppers heard not, the camp shanties echoed not, the quick-eared teamsters and chain and jackscrew men heard not as the wood spirits came from their haunts of a thousand years to join the refrain, but in my soul I plainly heard. Murmuring out of its myriad leaves, down from its lofty top rising two hundred feet high, out of its stalwart trunk and limbs, out of its foot-thick bark, that chant of the seasons and time, chant not of the past only, but the future. You untold life of me, and all you venerable and innocent joys, perennial hardy life of me with joys mid rain and many a summer sun, and the white snows and night and the wild winds, oh, the great patient rugged joys, my soul's strong joys unwrecked by man, for know I bear the soul befitting me. I too have consciousness, identity, and all the rocks and mountains have, and all the earth. Joys of the life befitting me and brothers mine, our time, our term has come. Nor yield we mournfully majestic brothers, we who have grandly filled our time with nature's calm content, with tacit huge delight, we welcome what we wrought for through the past and leave the field for them. For them predicted long, for a superber race, they too to grandly fill their time, for them we abdicate, in them ourselves, ye forest kings. In them these skies and airs, these mountain peaks, Shasta, Nevadas, these huge precipitous cliffs, these amplitude, these valleys far, Yosemite, to be in them absorbed, assimilated, Then to a loftier strain, still prouder, more ecstatic, rose the chant, as if the heirs and deities of the West, joining with master tongue, bore part. Not wan from Asia's fetishes, nor red from Europe's old dynastic slaughterhouse, area of murder plots of thrones, with scent left yet of wars and scaffolds everywhere, but come from nature's long and harmless throes, peacefully builded thence, these virgin lands, lands of the western shore, to the new culminating man, to you, the empire new, you promised long, we pledge, we dedicate. You occult deep volitions, 
you average spiritual manhood, purpose of all, poised on yourself, given not taking law, you womanhood divine, mistress and source of all, whence life and love and aught that comes from life and love. You unseen moral essence of all the vast material of America, age upon age, working in death the same as life. You that, sometimes known, oftener unknown, really shape and mould the new world, adjusting it to time and space. You hidden national will, lying in your abysms, concealed but ever alert. You past and present purposes tenaciously pursued, may be unconscious of yourselves, unswerved by all the passing errors, perturbations of the surface. You vital, universal, deathless germs, beneath all creeds, arts, statutes, literatures, here build your homes for good, establish here these areas entire, lands of the western shore, we pledge, we dedicate to you. For man of you, your characteristic race, here may he hardy, sweet, gigantic grow, here tower proportionate to nature, here climb the vast, pure spaces unconfined, unchecked by wall or roof, here laugh with storm or sun, here joy, here patiently endure, here heed himself, unfold himself, not others' formulas heed, here fill his time, to duly fall, to aid unwrecked at last, to disappear, to serve. Thus, on the northern coast, in the echo of teamsters' calls and the clinking chains and the music of choppers' axes, the falling trunk and limbs, the crash, the muffled shriek, the groan, such words combined from the redwood tree, as of voices ecstatic, ancient and rustling, the century-lasting unseen dryads singing, withdrawing, all their recesses of forests and mountains leaving, from the Cascade Range to the Wasatch, or Idaho Far, or Utah, to the deities of the modern henceforth yielding, the chorus and indications, the vistas of coming humanity, the settlements, features all, in the Mendocino woods I caught. Chapter 2 The flashing and golden pageant of California, the sudden and gorgeous drama, the sunny and ample lands, the long and varied stretch from Puget Sound to Colorado South, lands bathed in sweeter, rarer, healthier air, valleys and mountain cliffs, the fields of nature long prepared and fallow, the silent, cyclic chemistry, the slow and steady ages plodding, the unoccupied surface ripening, the rich ores forming beneath. At last, the new arriving, assuming, taking possession, a swarming and busy race, settling and organizing everywhere, ships coming in from the whole round world and going out to the whole world, to India and China and Australia and the thousand island paradises of the Pacific, populous cities, the latest inventions, the steamers on the rivers, the railroads with 
many a thrifty farm, with machinery and wool and wheat and the grape and diggings of yellow gold. Chapter 3 But more in you than these, lands of the western shore, these but the means, the implements, the standing ground, I see in you, certain to come, the promise of thousands of years, till now deferred, promised to be fulfilled, our common kind, the race. The new society, at last, proportionate to nature, in man of you, more than your mountain peaks or stalwart trees imperial, in woman more, far more, than all your gold or vines or even vital air. Fresh come to a new world indeed, yet long prepared, I see the genius of the modern, child of the real and ideal, clearing the ground for broad humanity, the true America, heir of the past so grand, to build a grander future. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording by Gordon Mackenzie. Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. Book 15. A Song for Occupations. 1. A song for occupations. In the labor of engines and trades, and the labor of fields, I find the developments, and find the eternal meanings. Work men and work women. Were all educations practical and ornamental well displayed out of me, what would it amount to? Were I, as the head teacher, charitable proprietor, wise statesman, what would it amount to? Were I to you as the boss, employing and paying you, would that satisfy you? The learned, virtuous, benevolent, and the usual terms. A man like me, and never the usual terms. Neither a servant nor a master I. I take no sooner a large price than a small price. I will have my own whoever enjoys me. I will be even with you, and you shall be even with me. If you stand at work in a shop, I stand as nigh as the nighest in the same shop. If you bestow gifts on your brother or dearest friend, I demand as good as your brother or dearest friend. If your lover, husband, wife, is welcome by day or night, I must be personally as welcome. If you become degraded, criminal, ill, then I become so for your sake. If you remember your foolish and outlawed deeds, do you think I cannot remember my own foolish and outlawed deeds? 
If you carouse at the table, I carouse at the opposite side of the table. If you meet some stranger in the streets and love him or her, why, I often meet strangers in the street and love them. Why, what have you thought of yourself? Is it you, then, that thought yourself less? Is it you that thought the President greater than you, or the rich better off than you, or the educated wiser than you? Because you are greasy or pimpled or were once drunk or a thief, or that you are diseased or rheumatic or a prostitute, or from frivolity or impotence, or that you are no scholar and never saw your name in print. Do you give in that you are any less immortal? 2. Souls of men and women, it is not you I call unseen, unheard, untouchable and untouching. It is not you I go argue, pro and con about, and to shelter whether you are alive or no. I own publicly who you are, if nobody else owns. Grown, half-grown, and babe, of this country and every country, indoors and outdoors, one just as much as the other, I see and all else behind or through them. The wife, and she is not one jot less than the husband. The daughter, and she is just as good as the son. The mother, and she is every bit as much as the father. Offspring of ignorant and poor boys apprenticed to trades, young fellows working on farms and old fellows working on farms, sailormen, merchantmen, coasters, immigrants, all these I see, but nigher and farther the same I see. None shall escape me, and none shall wish to escape me. I bring what you much need, yet always have. Not money, amours, dress, eating, erudition, but as good. I send no agent or medium, offer no representative of value, but offer the value itself. There is something that comes to one now and perpetually. It is not what is printed, preached, discussed. It eludes discussion and print. It is not to be put in a book. It is not in this book. It is for you, whoever you are. It is no farther from you than your hearing and sight are from you. It is hinted by nearest, commonest, readiest, 
it is ever provoked by them. You may read in many languages, yet read nothing about it. You may read the President's message and read nothing about it there, nothing in the reports from the State Department or Treasury Department or in the daily papers or weekly papers or in the census or revenue returns, prices current, or any accounts of stock. 3. The sun and stars that float in the open air, the apple-shaped earth and we upon it, surely the drift of them is something grand. I do not know what it is except that it is grand and that it is happiness and that the enclosing purport of us here is not a speculation or bon mot or reconnaissance, and that it is not something which by luck may turn out well for us, and without luck must be a failure for us, and not something which may yet be retracted in a certain contingency. The light and shade curious sense of body and identity, the greed that with perfect complacence devours all things, the endless pride and outstretching of man, unspeakable joys and sorrows, the wonder everyone sees and everyone else he sees, and the wonders that fill each minute of time for ever. What have you reckoned them for, camarado? Have you reckoned them for your trade or farm work, or for the profits of your store, or to achieve yourself a position, or to fill a gentleman's leisure? or a lady's leisure. Have you reckoned that the landscape took substance and form that it might be painted in a picture, or men and women that they might be written of, or songs sung, or the attraction of gravity and the great laws and harmonious combinations and the fluids of the air as subjects for the savants, or the brown land and the blue sea for maps and charts, or the stars to be put in constellations and named fancy names, or that the growth of seeds is for agriculture tables, or agriculture itself? Old institutions, these arts, libraries, legends, collections, and the practice handed along in manufactures, will we rate them so high? Will we rate our cash and business high?
I have no objection. I rate them as high as the highest. Then a child, born of a woman and man, I rate beyond all rate. We thought our union grand, and our constitution grand. I do not say they are not grand and good, for they are. I am this day just as much in love with them as you. Then I am in love with you, and with all my fellows upon the earth. We consider Bibles and religions divine. I do not say they are not divine. I say they have all grown out of you, and may grow out of you still. It is not they who give the life, it is you who give the life. Leaves are not more shed from the trees or trees from the earth than they are shed out of you. 4. The sum of all known reverence I add up in you, whoever you are. The President is there in the White House for you. It is not you who are here for him. The secretaries act in their bureaus for you, not you here for them. The Congress convenes every twelfth month for you. Laws, courts, the forming of states, the characters of cities, the going and coming of commerce and malls are all for you. List close, my scholars, dear. Doctrines, politics, and civilization exerge from you. Sculpture and monuments and anything inscribed anywhere are tallied in you. The gist of histories and statistics as far back as the records reach is in you this hour. And myths and tales the same. If you were not breathing and walking here, where would they all be? The most renowned poems would be ashes, orations and plays would be vacuums. All architecture is what you do to it when you look upon it. Did you think it was in the white or gray stone, or the lines of the arches and cornices? All music is what awakes from you when you are reminded by the instruments. It is not the violins and the cornets, it is not the oboe, nor the beating drums, nor the score of the baritone singer singing his sweet romanza, nor that of the men's chorus, nor that of the woman's chorus. It is nearer and farther than they. 5. Will the whole 
come back then? Can each see signs of the best by a look in the looking-glass? Is there nothing greater or more? Does all sit there with you, with the mystic unseen soul? Strange and hard that paradox true I give. Objects gross and the unseen soul are one. House-building, measuring, sawing the boards, blacksmithing, glass-blowing, nail-making, coopering, tin-roofing, shingle-dressing, ship-joining, dock-building, fish-curing, flagging of sidewalks by flaggers, the pump, the pile-driver, the great derrick, the coal-kiln and brick-kiln, coal mines and all that is down there, the lamps in the darkness, echoes, songs, what meditations, what vast native thoughts look through smutched faces, ironworks, forge fires in the mountains or by river-banks, men around feeling the melt with huge crowbars, lumps of ore, the dew combining of ore, limestone, coal, the blast furnace and the puddling furnace, the loop-lump at the bottom of the melt at last, the rolling-mill, the stumpy bars of pig-iron, the strong, clean-shaped trail for railroads, oil-works, silk-works, white lead-works, the sugar-house, steam-saws, the great mills and factories, stone-cutting, shapely trimmings for facades or windows or door-lintels, the mallet, the tooth-chisel, the jib to protect the thumb, the cocking iron, the kettle of boiling vault cement, and the fire under the kettle, the cotton bale, the stevedore's hook, the saw and buck of the sawyer, the mold of the molder, the working knife of the butcher, the ice saw, and all the work with ice the work and tools of the rigger, grappler, sail-maker, block-maker, goods of the gutta-percha, papier-mâché, colors, brushes, brush-making, glazier's implements, the veneer and glue-pot, the confectioner's ornaments, the decanter and glasses, the shears and flat-iron, the awl and knee-strap, the pint-measure and quart-measure, the counter and stool, the writing pen of quill or metal, the making of all sorts of edged tools, the brewery, brewing, the malt, the vats, everything that is done by brewers, wine-makers, vinegar-makers, coach-making, boiler-making, rope 
twisting, distilling, sign painting, lime burning, cotton picking, electroplating, electrotyping, stereotyping, stave machines, planing machines, reaping machines, plowing machines, thrashing machines, steam wagons, the cart of the carmen, the omnibus, the ponderous dray, pyrotechny, letting off colored fireworks at night, fancy figures and jets, beef on the butcher's stall, the slaughterhouse of the butcher, the butcher in his killing clothes, the pens of live pork, the killing hammer, the hog hook, the scalder's tub gutting, the gutter's cleaver, the packer's maul, and the plenteous winter work of pork packing, flower works, grinding of wheat, rye, maize, rice, the barrels and the half and quarter barrels, the loaded barges, the high piles on wharves and levees, the men and the work of the men on ferries, railroads, coasters, fish-boats, canals, the hourly routine of your own or any man's life, the shop, yard, store, or factory, these shows all near you by day and night. Workmen, whoever you are, your daily life. In that and them, the heft of the heaviest, in that and them far more than you estimated, and far less also, in them realities for you and me, in them poems for you and me, in them not yourself, you and your soul enclose all things, regardless of estimation. In them the development good, in them all themes, hints, possibilities. I do not affirm that what you see beyond is futile. I do not advise you to stop. I do not say leadings you thought great are not great. But I say that none lead to greater than these lead to. 6. Will you seek afar off? You surely come back at last. In things best known to you, finding the best, or as good as the best. In folks nearest to you, finding the sweetest, strongest, lovingest, happiness, knowledge, not in another place, but this place, not for another hour, but this hour. 
man in the first you see or touch always in friend brother nighest neighbor woman in mother sister wife the popular tastes and employments taking precedence in poems or anywhere you workwomen and workmen of these states have your own divine and strong life and all else giving place to men and women like you when the psalm sings instead of the singer when the script preaches instead of the preacher when the pulpit descends and goes instead of the carver that carved the supporting desk when i can touch the body of books by night or by day and when they touch my body back again when a university course convinces like a slumbering woman and child convince when the minted gold in the vault smiles like the night watchman's daughter when warranty deeds loaf in chairs opposite and are my friendly companions i intend to reach them my hand and make as much of them as i do of men and women like you end of book 15 this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information and to find out how you can volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by brett barney Whitman archive org leaves of grass by walt whitman book 16 a song of the rolling earth one a song of the rolling earth and of words according were you thinking that those were the words those upright lines those curves angles dots no those are not the words substantial words are in the ground and sea they are in the air they are in you were you thinking that those were the words those delicious sounds out of your friends mouths no the real words are more delicious than they human bodies are words myriads of words in the best poems reappears the body man's or woman's well-shaped natural gay every part able active receptive without shame or the need of shame air soil water fire those are words i myself am a word with them my qualities interpenetrate with theirs my name is nothing to them Though it were told in the three thousand languages, what would air, soil, water, fire know of my name? A healthy presence, a friendly or commanding gesture, 
are words, sayings, meanings, the charms that go with the mere looks of some men and women are sayings and meanings also. The workmanship of souls is by those inaudible words of the earth. The masters know the earth's words and use them more than audible words. Amelioration is one of the earth's words. The earth neither lags nor hastens. It has all attributes, growths, effects, latent in itself from the jump. It is not half-beautiful only. Defects and excrescences show just as much as perfections show. The earth does not withhold. It is generous enough. The truths of the earth continually wait. They are not so concealed either. They are calm, subtle, untransmissible by print. They are imbued through all things conveying themselves willingly. Conveying a sentiment and invitation, I utter and utter. I speak not, yet if you hear me not, of what avail am I to you? To bear, to better, lacking these, of what avail am I? Akush, Akushé, Will you rot your own fruit in yourself there? Will you squat and stifle there? The earth does not argue, is not pathetic, has no arrangements, does not scream, haste, persuade, threaten, promise, makes no discriminations, has no conceivable failures, closes nothing, refuses nothing, shuts none out. Of all the powers, objects, states, it notifies, shuts none out. The earth does not exhibit itself, nor refuse to exhibit itself, possesses still underneath. Underneath the ostensible sounds, the august chorus of heroes, the wail of slaves, persuasions of lovers, curses, gasps of the dying, laughter of young people, accents of bargainers. Underneath these, possessing words that never fail. To her children, the words of the eloquent, dumb, great mother never fail. The true words do not fail, for motion does not fail, and reflection does not fail. Also, the day and night do not fail, and the voyage we pursue does not fail. Of the interminable sisters, of the ceaseless cotillions of sisters, of the centripetal and centrifugal sisters, the elder and younger sisters, the beautiful sister we know dances on with the rest, with her ample back towards every beholder, with the fascinations of youth and the equal fascinations of age, sits she whom I too love like the rest, sits undisturbed, holding up in her hand 
what has the character of a mirror, while her eyes glance back from it. Glance as she sits, inviting none, denying none, holding a mirror day and night, tirelessly before her own face. Seen at hand, or seen at a distance, duly the twenty-four appear in public every day, duly approach and pass, with their companions or a companion, looking from no countenances of their own, but from the countenances of those who are with them, from the countenances of children or women, or the manly countenance, from the open countenances of animals, or from inanimate things, from the landscape or waters, or from the exquisite apparition of the sky, from our countenances, mine and yours, faithfully returning them, every day in public appearing without fail, but never twice, with the same companions. Embracing men, embracing all, proceed the three hundred and sixty-five, resistlessly round the sun. Embracing all, soothing, supporting, follow close three hundred and sixty-five offsets of the first, sure and necessary as they. Tumbling on steadily, nothing dreading, sunshine, storm, cold, heat, forever withstanding, passing, carrying, the soul's realization and determination still inheriting. The fluid vacuum around and ahead, still entering and dividing, no balk retarding, no anchor anchoring, on no rock striking, swift, glad, content, unbereaved, nothing losing, of all able and ready at any time to give strict account, the divine ship sails the divine sea. 2. Whoever you are, motion and reflection are especially for you. The divine ship sails the divine sea for you. Whoever you are, you are he or she for whom the earth is solid and liquid. You are he or she for whom the sun and moon hang in the sky. For none more than you are the present and the past, for none more than you is immortality. Each man to himself, and each woman to herself, is the word of the past and present, and the true word of immortality. No one can acquire for another, not one. No one can grow for another, not one. The song is to the singer, and comes back most to him. The teaching is to the teacher, and comes back most to him. The murder is to the murderer, and comes back most to him. The theft is to the thief, and comes back most to him. The love is to the lover, and comes back most to him. The gift is to the giver, and comes back most to to him. It cannot fail. The oration is to the orator, the acting 
is to the actor and actress, not to the audience. And no man understands any greatness or goodness but his own, or the indication of his own. 3. I swear the earth shall surely be complete to him or her who shall be complete. The earth remains jagged and broken only to him or her who remains jagged and broken. I swear there is no greatness or power that does not emulate those of the earth. There can be no theory of any account unless it corroborate the theory of the earth. No politics, song, religion, behavior, or what not is of account unless it compare with the amplitude of the earth, unless it face the exactness, vitality, impartiality, rectitude of the earth. I swear I begin to see love with sweeter spasms than that which responds love. It is that which contains itself, which never invites and never refuses. I swear I begin to see little or nothing in audible words. All merges toward the presentation of the unspoken meanings of the earth, toward him who sings the songs of the body and of the truths of the earth, toward him who makes the dictionaries of words that print cannot touch. I swear I see what is better than to tell the best. It is always to leave the best untold. When I undertake to tell the best, I find I cannot. My tongue is ineffectual on its pivots. My breath will not be obedient to its organs. I become a dumb man. The best of the earth cannot be told anyhow. All or any is best. It is not what you anticipated. It is cheaper easier, nearer. Things are not dismissed from the places they held before. The earth is just as positive and direct as it was before. Facts, religions, improvements, politics, trades are as real as before, but the soul is also real. It, too, is positive and direct. No reasoning, no proof has established it. Undeniable growth has established it. 4. These to echo the tones of souls and the phrases of souls. If they did not echo the phrases of souls, what were they then? If they had not reference to you in a special, what were they then? I swear I will never henceforth have to do with the faith that tells the best. I will have to do only with that faith that leaves the best untold. Say on, sayers. Sing on, singers. Delve, mold, pile the words of the earth. Work on, age after age. Nothing is to be lost. It may have to wait long, but it will certainly come in use. When the materials are all prepared and ready, the architects shall appear. I swear to you the architects shall appear without fail. I swear to you they will understand you and justify you.
the greatest among them shall be he who best knows you and encloses all and is faithful to all. He and the rest shall not forget you. They shall perceive that you are not an iota less than they. You shall be fully glorified in them. Youth, Day, Old Age, and Night Youth, large, lusty, loving. Youth, full of grace, force, fascination. Do you know that old age may come after you with equal grace, force, fascination? Day full-blown and splendid, day of the immense sun, action, ambition, laughter. The night follows close with millions of stars and sleep and restoring darkness. End Book 16 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, see LibriVox.org. Today's reading by Hugh McGuire. Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. Book 17 Birds of Passage. Song of the Universal. One. Come, said the muse, sing me a song no poet has yet chanted. Sing me the universal. In this broad earth of ours, amid the measureless grossness and the slag, enclosed and safe within its center heart, nestles the seed perfection. By every life a share, or more or less, none born, but it is born. Concealed or unconcealed, the seed is waiting. Two, low, keen-eyed towering science, as from tall peaks the modern overlooking, successive absolute fiats issuing. Yet again, low, the soul above all science, for it has history gathered like husks around the globe, for it the entire star myriads roll through the sky. In spiral routes by long detours, as a much tracking ship upon the sea, for it the partial to the permanent flowing, for it the real to the ideal tends, for it the mystic evolution, not the right only justified, what we call evil, also justified. From their masks, no matter what. From the huge festering trunk, from craft and guile and tears. Health to emerge and joy, joy universal. Out of the bulk, the morbid and the shallow. Out of the bad majority, the varied countless frauds of men and states. Electric, antiseptic, yet cleaving, suffusing all. Only the good is universal. 3. Over the mountain growths, disease and sorrow, 
an uncaught bird is ever hovering, hovering, high in the purer, happier air. From imperfection's murkiest cloud darts always forth one ray of perfect light, one flash of heaven's glory. To fashion customs discord, to the mad babble din, the deafening orgies, soothing each lull a strain is heard, just heard, from some far shore the final chorus sounding. Oh, the blessed eyes, the happy hearts, that see, that know the guiding thread so fine along the mighty labyrinth. Four. And thou, America, for the scheme's culmination, its thought and its reality, for these, not from thyself, thou hast arrived. Thou too surroundest all, embracing, carrying, welcoming all, thou too by pathways broad and new, to the ideal tendest. The measured faiths of other lands, the grandeurs of the past, are not for thee, but grandeurs of thine own. Deific faiths and amplitudes, absorbing, comprehending all, all eligible to all. All, all for immortality. Love the light silently wrapping all, nature's amelioration, blessing all. The blossoms, fruits of ages, orchards, divine and certain, forms, objects, growths, humanities, to spiritual images ripening. Give me, O oh God, sing that thought. Give me, give him or her, I love this quenchless faith. In thy ensemble, whatever else withheld, withhold not from us belief in plan of thee enclosed in time and space, health, peace, salvation, universal. Is it a dream? Nay, but the lack of it the dream and failing it life's lore and wealth a dream, and all the world a dream. Pioneers, O oh pioneers, come, my tan-faced children, follow well in order. Get your weapons ready. Have you your pistols? Have you your sharp-edged axes? Pioneers, O oh pioneers. For we cannot tarry here, we must march, my darlings, we must bear the brunt of danger. We, the youthful, sinewy races, all the rest on us depend. Pioneers, O oh, pioneers. You youths, western youths, so impatient, full of action, full of manly pride and friendship. Plain I see you, western youths see you tramping with the foremost. Pioneers, O oh pioneers, have the elder races halted? Do they droop and end their lesson, wearied over there beyond the seas? We take up the task eternal, and the burden and the lesson, pioneer, O oh pioneers. All the past we leave behind, we debouch upon a newer, mightier world, varied world, fresh and strong the world we seize, world of labor and the march, pioneers, 
O pioneers, we detachments steady throwing, down the edges, through the passes, up the mountain steep, conquering, holding, daring, venturing as we go the unknown ways. Pioneers, O pioneers, we primeval forests felling, we the rivers stemming, vexing, we and piercing deep the mines within, we the surface broad surveying, we the virgin soil upheaving, pioneers, O oh pioneers. Colorado men we are, from the peaks gigantic, from the great Sierras and the high plateaus, from the mine and from the gully, from the hunting trail we come. Pioneers, O oh pioneers, from Nebraska, from Arkansas, central inland race we are, from Missouri with the continental blood interveined all the hands of comrades clasping all the southern all the northern pioneers o oh, pioneers o oh, resistless restless race o oh, beloved race in all o oh, my breast aches with tender love for all o oh, i mourn you yet exult i am wrapped with love for all pioneers o oh, pioneers Raise the mighty mother mistress, waving high the delicate mistress over all the starry mistress. Bend your heads all, raise the fanged and warlike mistress, stern, impassive, weapon mistress, pioneers, O oh pioneers. See my children, resolute children, by those swarms upon our rear we must never yield or falter. Ages back in ghostly millions, frowning there, behind us urging, Pioneers, O oh pioneers, on and on the compact ranks, with the sessions ever waiting, with the places of the dead quickly filled, through the battle, through defeat, moving yet, never stopping, Pioneers, O oh pioneers, Oh to die advancing on are there some of us to droop and die has the hour come then upon the march we fittest die soon and sure the gap is filled pioneers O oh pioneers all the pulses of the world falling in they beat for us with western movement beat holding singular together steady moving to the front all for us pioneers O oh pioneers Life's involved and varied pageants, all the forms and shows, all the workmen at their work, all the seamen and the landsmen, all the masters with their slaves. Pioneers, O oh pioneers. All the hapless, silent lovers, all the prisoners in the prisons, all the righteous and the wicked, all the joyous, all the sorrowing, all the living, all the dying. Pioneers, oh pioneers. I too, with my soul and body, we, a curious trio, picking, wandering on our way, through these shores amid the shadows, with the apparitions pressing. Pioneers, oh pioneers. Lo, the darting bowling orb, lo, the brother, 
orbs around, all the clustering suns and planets, all the dazzling days, all the mystic nights with dreams, pioneers, oh, pioneers, these are of us, they are with us, all for primal needed work, while the followers there in embryo wait behind. We today's procession heading, we the route for travel clearing, pioneers, oh, pioneers, O oh, you daughters of the West, O oh, you young and elder daughters, O oh, you mothers and you wives, never must you be divided. In our ranks you move, united, pioneers, O oh, pioneers. Minstrels latent on the prairies, shrouded bards of other lands, you may rest, you have done your work. Soon I hear you coming, warbling, soon you rise and tramp amid us, Pioneers, O oh pioneers, not for delectation sweet, not the cushion and the slipper, not the peaceful and the studious, not the riches safe and palling, not for us the tame enjoyment, pioneers, O oh pioneers. Do the feasters, gluttonous feast, do the corpulent sleepers sleep, have they locked and bolted doors? Still be ours, the diet hard, and the blanket on the ground. Pioneers, O oh pioneers. Has the night descended? Was the road of late so toilsome? Did we stop, discouraged, nodding on our way? Yet a passing hour I yield you in your tracks to pause oblivious. Pioneers, O oh pioneers. Till with the sound of trumpet, far, far off the daybreak call, Hark! How loud and clear I hear it wind. Swift! To the head of the army, swift! Spring to your places, pioneers, O oh pioneers! To you, whoever you are, I fear you are walking the walk of dreams. I fear these supposed realities are to melt from under your feet and hands. Even now your features, joys, speech, house, trade, manners, troubles, follies, costumes, crimes, dissipate away from you. Your true soul and body appear before me. They stand forth out of affairs, out of commerce, shops, work, farms, clothes, the house, buying, selling eating, drinking, suffering, dying. Whoever you are, now I place my hand upon you. That you be my poem, I whisper with lips close to your ear. I have loved many women and men, but I love none better than you. Oh, I have been dilatory and dumb. I should have made my way straight to you long ago. I should have blabbed nothing but you. I should have chanted nothing but you. I will leave all and come and make the hymns of you. None has understood you, but I understood you. None has done justice to you. You have not done justice to yourself. None but has found you imperfect. I only find no imperfection in you. None would subordinate you. I only am he who will ever consent to subordinate you. I only am he who places over you no master, owner, better, God. 
beyond what waits intrinsically in yourself. Painters have painted their swarming groups in the center figure of all. From the head of the center figure spreading a nimbus of gold-colored light. But I paint myriads of heads, but I paint no head without its nimbus of gold-colored light. From my hand, from the brain of every man and woman, it streams. effulgently flowing forever. Oh, I could sing such grandeurs and glories about you. You have not known what you are. You have slumbered upon yourself all your life. Your eyelids have been the same as closed most of the time. What you have done returns already in mockeries. Your thrift, knowledge, prayers, if they do not return in mockeries, what is their return? The mockeries are not you. Underneath them and within them I see you lurk. I pursue you where none else has pursued you. Silence, the desk, the flippant expression, the night, the accustomed routine. If these conceal you from others or from yourself, they do not conceal you from me. The shaved face, the unsteady eye, the impure complexion. If these balk others, they do not balk me. The pert apparel, the deformed attitude, drunkenness, greed, premature death, all these I part aside. There is no endowment in man or woman that is not tallied in you. There is no virtue, no beauty in man or woman, but as good is in you. No pluck, no endurance in others, but as good is in you. No pleasure waiting for others, but an equal pleasure waits for you. As for me, I give nothing to anyone, except I give the like carefully to you. I sing the songs of glory of none, not God, sooner than I sing the songs of glory of you. Whoever you are, claim your own at any hazard. These shows of the east and west are tame compared to you. These immense meadows, these interminable rivers, you are immense and interminable as they. These furies, elements, storms, motions of nature, throes of apparent disillusion. You are he or she who is master or mistress over them, master or mistress in your own right over nature, elements, pain, passion, disillusion. The hopples fall from your ankles. You find an unfailing sufficiency, old or young, male or female, rude, low, rejected by the rest. Whatever you are promulgates itself through birth, life, death, burial. The means are provided. Nothing is scanted through angers, losses, ambition, ignorance, ennui. What you are picks its way. France, the eighteenth year of these states. A great year in place, a harsh, discordant natal scream outsounding, to touch the mother's heart closer than any yet. I walked the shores of my eastern sea, heard over the waves the little voice, 
saw the divine infant where she woke mournfully wailing amid the roar of cannon, curses, shouts, crash of falling buildings, was not so sick from the blood in the gutters running, nor from the single corpses, nor those in heaps, nor those borne away in the tumbrils, was not so desperate at the battues of death, was not so shocked at the repeated fusillades of the guns. Pale, silent, stern, what could I say to that long, accrued retribution? Could I wish humanity different? Could I wish the people made of wood and stone? Or that there be no justice in destiny or time? Liberty, O oh mate for me, here too the blaze, the grape-shot and the axe, in reserve, to fetch them out in case of need. Here too, through long repressed, can never be destroyed. Here too could rise at last, murdering and ecstatic. Here too, demanding full arrears of vengeance. Hence I sign this salute over the sea. And I do not deny the terrible red birth and baptism. But remember the little voice that I heard wailing, And wait with perfect trust, no matter how long. And from today, sad and cogent, I maintain the bequeathed cause as for all lands. And I send these words to Paris with my love, And I guess some chansonnier there will understand them. For I guess there is latent music yet in France, floods of it. Oh, I hear already the bustle of instruments. They will soon be drowning all that would interrupt them. Oh, I think the east wind brings a triumphal and free march. It reaches hither, it swells me to joyful madness. I will run, transpose it in words, to justify. I will yet sing a song for you, ma femme. Myself and mine, myself and mine, gymnastics ever, to stand the cold or heat, to take good aim with a gun, to sail a boat, to manage horses, to beget superb children, to speak readily and clearly, to feel at home among common people, and to hold our own in terrible positions on land and sea. Not for an embroiderer. There will always be plenty of embroiderers, I welcome them also. But for the fiber of things and for inherent men and women. Not to chisel ornaments, but to chisel with free stroke the heads and limbs of plenteous, supreme gods, that the states may realize them walking and talking. Let me have my own way. Let others promulgate the laws. I will make no account of the laws. Let others praise eminent men and hold up peace. I hold up agitation and conflict. I praise no eminent men. I rebuke to his face the one that was thought most worthy. Who are you, and what are you secretly guilty of all your life? Will you turn aside all your life? Will you grub and chatter all your life? And who are you, babbling by rote, years, pages, languages, reminiscence, 
unwitting today that you do not know how to speak properly a single word. Let others finish specimens. I never finish specimens. I start them by exhaustless laws as nature does, fresh and modern continually. I give nothing as duties. What others give as duties I give as living impulses. Shall I give the heart's action as a duty? Let others dispose of questions. I dispose of nothing. I arouse unanswerable questions. Who are they I see and touch, and what about them? What about these likes of myself that draw me so close by tender directions and indirections? I call to the world to distrust the accounts of my friends, but listen to my enemies, as I myself do. I charge you forever reject those who would expound me, for I cannot expound myself. I charge that there be no theory or school founded out of me. I charge you to leave all free as I have left all free. After me, vista. Oh, I see life is not short, but immeasurably long. I henceforth tread the world chaste, temperate, and early riser, a steady grower, every hour the semen of centuries and still of centuries i must follow up these continual lessons of the air water earth i perceive i have no time to lose year of meteors 1859 to 1860 year of meteors brooding year I would bind in words retrospective of some of your deeds and signs. I would sing your contest for the nineteenth presidentiad. I would sing how an old man, tall, with white hair, mounted the scaffold in Virginia. I was at hand, silent. I stood with teeth shut closed. I watched. I stood very near you, old man, when cool and indifferent, but trembling with age and with your unhealed wounds you mounted the scaffold. I would sing in my copious song your census returns of the states, the tables of population and products. I would sing of your ships and their cargoes, the proud black ships of Manhattan arriving, some filled with immigrants, some from the isthmus with cargoes of gold songs thereof I would sing, to all that hitherward comes would welcome give, and you would I sing, fair stripling, welcome to you from me, young prince of England. Remember you surging Manhattan's crowds, as you passed with your cortege of nobles, there in the crowd stood I and singled you out with attachment nor forget I to sing of the wonder, the ship as she swam up my bay, well-shaped and stately, the great eastern swam up my bay, she was six hundred feet long, her moving swiftly surrounded by myriads of small craft, I forget not to sing, nor the comet that came unannounced out of the north flaring in heaven, nor the strange, huge meteor procession dazzling and clear shooting above our heads. A moment, 
A moment long it sailed its balls of unearthly light over our heads, then departed, dropped in the night, and was gone. Of such, and fitful as they, I sing, with gleams from them would gleam and patch these chants. Your chants, O year all mottled with evil and good, year of forebodings, year of comets and meteors, transient and strange, lo! Even here one equally transient and strange. As I flit through you hastily, soon to fall and be gone, What is this chant? What am I myself but one of your meteors? With antecedents, one. With antecedents, with my fathers and mothers, And the accumulations of past ages, With all which, had it not been, I would not now be here as I am with Egypt, India, Phoenicia, Greece, and Rome, with the Celt, the Scandinavian, the Alb, and the Saxon, with antique maritime ventures, laws, artisanship, wars, and journeys, with the poet, the skald, the saga, the myth, and the oracle, with the sale of slaves, with enthusiasts, with the troubadour, the crusader, and the monk, with those old continents whence we have come to this new continent, with the fading kingdoms and kings over there, with the fading religions and priests, with the small shores we look back from our own large and present shores, with countless years drawing themselves onward and arrived at these years, you and me arrived, America arrived in making this year, this year, sending itself, ahead countless years to come. Two. Oh, but it is not the years, it is I, it is you. We touch all laws and tally all antecedents. We are the scald, the oracle, the monk, and the knight. We easily include them, and more. We stand amid time beginningless and endless. We stand amid evil and good. All swings around us. There is as much darkness as light. The very sun swings itself and its system of planets around us. Its sun and its again all swing around us. As for me, torn, stormy amid these vehement days, I have the idea of all, and am all, and believe in all. I believe materialism is true and spiritualism is true. I reject no part. Have I forgotten any part, anything in the past? Come to me, whoever and whatever, till I give you recognition. I respect Assyria, China, Teutonia, and the Hebrews. I adopt each theory, myth, god, and demigod. I see that the old accounts, Bibles, genealogies are true without exception. I assert that all past days were what they must have been, and that they could nohow have been better than they were, and that today is what it must be, and that America is, and that today and America could nohow be better than they are. 3. 
in the name of these states and in your and my name the past and in the name of these states and in your and my name the present time i know that the past was great and the future will be great and i know that both curiously conjoint in the present time for the sake of him i typify for the common average man's sake for your sake if you are he and that where I am, or you are, this present day, there is the center of all days, all races, and there is meaning to us of all that has ever come, of races and days, or ever will come. End of Book 17 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, see LibriVox.org. Recording by Hugh McGuire, Montreal, November 18, 2005. Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman, Book 18. A Broadway Pageant, 1. Over the western sea, hither from Nifon come, courteous, the swart-cheeked two-sworded envoys, leaning back in their open barouches, bare-headed impassive, ride today through Manhattan. Libertad, I do not know whether others behold what I behold. In the procession along with the nobles of Nifon, the errand-bearers bringing up the rear, hovering above, around, or in the ranks, marching. But I will sing you a song of what I behold, Libertad. When million-footed Manhattan unpent descends to her pavements, when the thunder-cracking guns arouse me with the proud roar love, when the round-mouthed guns out of the smoke and smell I love spit their salutes, when the fire-flashing guns have fully alerted me, and heaven clouds canopy my city with a delicate thin haze, when gorgeous the countless straight stems, the forests at the wharves thicken with colors, when every ship richly dressed carries her flag at the peak, when pennants trail and sweet festoons hang from the windows, when Broadway is entirely given up to foot passengers and foot standards, when the mass is densest, when the facades of the house are alive with people, when eyes gaze riveted tens of thousands at a time, when the guests from the islands advance, when the pageant moves forward visible, when the summons is made, when the answer that waited thousands of years answers, I too, arising, answering, descend the pavements, merge with the crowd, and gaze with them. 2. Superb-Faced Manhattan Comrade Americanos to us, then at last, the Orient comes, to us, my city, 
where tall-topped marble and iron beauties range on opposite sides, to walk in the space between. Today our antipodes come. The originatress comes. The nest of languages, the bequeather of poems, the race of eld, florid with blood and pensive, wrapped with musings, hot with passion, sultry with perfume, with ample and flowing garments, with sunburned visage, with intense soul and glittering eyes, the race of Brahma comes. See, my cantable, these and more flashing to us from the procession, as it moves changing a kaleidoscope divine, it moves changing before us. For not the envoys nor the tan Japanese from his island only, lithe and silent the Hindu appears, the Asiatic continent itself appears, the past, the dead, the murky night morning of wonder and fable inscrutable, the enveloped mysteries, the old and unknown hive-bees, the north, the sweltering south, eastern Assyria, the Hebrews, the ancient of ancients, vast desolated cities, the gliding present, all of these and more are in the pageant procession. Geography, the world is in it. The great sea, the brood of islands, Polynesia, the coast beyond, the coast you henceforth are facing, you Libertad. From your western golden shores, the countries there with their populations, the millions en masse are curiously here. The swarming marketplaces, the temples with idols ranged along the sides are at the end. Booze, Brahmin and Lama, Mandarin, farmer, merchant, mechanic and fisherman. The singing girl and the dancing girl, the ecstatic persons, the secluded emperors, Confucius himself. The great poets and heroes, the warriors, the castes, all trooping up, crowding from all directions, from the Altai Mountains, from Tibet, from the four winding and far-flowing rivers of China, from the southern peninsulas and the demi-continental islands, from Malaysia. These are whatever belongs to them palpable show forth to me and are seized by me, and I am seized by them and friendly held by them, till as here them all I chant libertad for themselves and for you. For I too, raising my voice, join the ranks of this pageant. I am the chanter. I chant aloud over the pageant. I chant the world on my western sea. I chant copious islands beyond, thick as stars in the sky. I chant the new empire grander than any before. 
as in a vision it comes to me. I chant America the mistress, I chant a greater supremacy, I chant projected a thousand blooming cities yet in time on those groups of sea islands. My sail-ships and steam-ships threading the archipelagos, my stars and stripes fluttering in the wind, commerce opening, the sleep of ages having done its work, races reborn, refreshed, lives, works resumed, the object I know not, but the old, the Asiatic, renewed as it must be, commencing from this day, surround by the world. Three, and you, Libertad of the world, you shall sit in the middle well-poised thousands and thousands of years, as today from one side the nobles of Asia come to you, and tomorrow from the other side the Queen of England sends her eldest son to you. The sign is reversing. The orb is enclosed. The ring is circled. The journey is done. The box lid is but perceptibly open. Nevertheless, the perfume pours copiously out of the whole box. Young Libertad, with the venerable Asia, the All-Mother, be considerate with her now, and ever hot Libertad, for you are all. Bend your proud neck to the long-off mother now sending messages over the archipelagos to you. Bend your proud neck low for once, young Libertad. Here the children straying westward so long, so wide the tramping. Here the precedent dim ages debouching westward from paradise so long. Where the centuries steadily footing it that way, all the while unknown for you, for reasons. They are justified, they are accomplished, they shall now be turned the other way also, to travel towards you thence. They shall now also march obediently eastward, for your sake, Libertad. End of Book 18